Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I am honored to be here with you today. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about living fearlessly, on what a difference it makes when we get past our fears and we are able to embrace life fully, to be fully present for the experiences that we have, and how different it is when we allow fear to to be a source of contraction or pulling away from life, and how fear cuts us off from the things that make life so meaningful. And as we've been talking about living fearlessly, we've been following a book written by Guy Finley. The name of the book is The Essential Laws of Fearless Living. Find the power to never feel powerless again. And today we want to focus on what it means to be one with life. And just the name of that, it it conveys the idea of not being disconnected or dissociated from our life experiences. There was a poet, and I'm not remembering the poet's name, but a few lines in one of his poems said, Mr. Duffy lived a short distance from his body. You know, that sense of being dissociated or disconnected or inattentive and not there. When we let go of our fear, we are able to be one with life as it is unfolding, to be fully present for our experience of life. This is one of my favorite quotes from the Gospels, and it's from John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, and Jesus is quoted as saying, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. To me, it's a reminder to live fully, to be all that I can be, to cherish each moment, to be fully present. And in order to do that, I need to be aware also of all the gifts that life brings. Each and every moment of life brings with it a kind of gift for us. And that's a quote from Guy Finley's book. Again, each and every moment of life brings with it a kind of gift for us. And when we are fully present, when we are aware When we are embracing life, we notice these gifts. We notice what each moment is bringing. And that makes life so much richer than when we're spaced out or not fully present. 
So ultimately, fear acts as a block to the life abundant, to that abundant life that Jesus promised. So again, more and more reason for living fearlessly. And in his book, Guy Finley talked about many ways of living fearlessly, but in the final chapter, he focused on several things, but I wanted to point out the importance of non-resistance. And non-resistance in dictionaries sometimes gets equated with being passive. But that's not, that's not the meaning in Guy Finley's book, and it's not the teaching of the Gospels. One of the meanings that's equated to non-resistance is being meek. But again, it's not the meekness of, of a mouse, if you will, the meekness of being very timid. It's the meek, the quality of meekness that Jesus was referring to when he said, the meek shall inherit the earth. The meek or who are non-resistant, do not engage in battle with everything that comes up. Even when things arise that might seem undesirable or sometimes even seem wrong, we can enter into an internal battle with it. We can resist it. And then what happens, it becomes that churning thought that goes round and round and round in our minds and it makes us absolutely miserable. It raises blood pressure, it causes muscle tension, and it makes our minds a very unpleasant place to be. Carl Jung taught that what we resist persists. And in unity, we say that often. And Carl Jung is the one who is given credit for making that uh, a phrase that people remembered. So when an issue comes up or a challenge comes up or something needs to be corrected and we allow that battle with it to ensue in our minds, Whatever that thing is grows in our minds and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is one way that people manage to be infused with each other for years and years and years and years. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that we should not stand up for what is right. I'm not saying we shouldn't work to right wrongs that are that we shouldn't dedicate ourselves to social justice. We must. Jesus did. I mean, he, he righted wrongs when he saw them. He healed the sick. He spoke out against injustice. But there's a difference when we do that with a peaceful heart and a quiet mind. And we do it out of a place of inner strength. The non-resistance that Guy Finley was writing about and that I'm talking about right now 
is that inner experience where we do what is ours to do and then we let go of it and we trust that the highest good is now unfolding. And we keep doing what is ours to do, but we allow our minds to remain calm and peaceful and strong. We're not strong when we're churning in that agitation. And then Guy Finley takes it a little bit further in his last chapter of the book. He says, beyond the non-resistance, we should develop a practice of surrender. Not only is it enough to not resist, but we must actively surrender to what is unfolding. Again, it can sound like a very weak thing to be doing, but that's not at all the meaning. the passion of Jesus. Jesus surrendered to what was unfolding, but it did not mean he was being weak or afraid. Surrender is a way of saying yes to what is happening. Again, closely linked to non-resistance, but a little bit more active. One of our modern-day spiritual teachers Michael Singer spent many of his, many years of his life actively practicing surrender. He actually wrote a book called The Surrender Experiment, which described this in his life and what ended up unfolding because of his surrender practice. And Michael Singer wrote that surrender taught me to willingly participate in life's dance with a quiet mind and an open heart. So that gives a feel. It's a saying yes that does not diminish our strength. In fact, it makes our inner strength greater. But it allows our minds to be quiet and our hearts to be open and untroubled. And he described his practice of surrender in this way. He says, do whatever is put in front of you with all of your heart and soul without regard for personal results. Now that's hard to do. He would assume that if it was coming into his life, if life with a capital L was presenting him with this opportunity or this experience, that unless there was a solid reason for saying no, that he would say yes. And a solid reason might be that it would be hurtful to someone or, you know, that it was completely against his values. But if there wasn't a solid reason like that, he would say yes without allowing preferences to, to interfere. And my favorite story in his book, The Surrender Experiment, was after several months away from his home in Florida, and he had land in Florida, and he also had a dream of someday having a temple. 
and a place to meditate in a small community. And he comes back to his land and there are people building a house on his land. Nobody asked him, nobody checked with him. They're just building a house on his land. And his old self emerged and he wanted to stamp his feet and say, no, get out of here. What are you doing? This is my land. But instead he remembered his commitment to surrender and he went back to his own small little house and he got his tool belt and he came back out and he said, how can I help? Ultimately, his dream of a temple on his land and a spiritual community came to be. But in the process, he became a millionaire. He became a CEO. He taught in a prison. He taught at a college. All things that he did not think were on his path. But it enriched his life, and he learned so much from it. Again, non-resistance and surrender. And then the last piece that, that Guy Finley writes about in this chapter, and I didn't know quite how to name it. It's standing in truth or knowing the truth of who I am and standing in that or knowing that I am one with God because that is the truth of my being or knowing that the light of God shines as me in this very moment, or knowing that I am the light of God shining. So all of those phrases would have been okay in that part three. It's knowing the truth, that the light of God, the very presence of God is within me and shines as me, and that is who I am. And if that is the truth, then how on earth can I be afraid? So the practice is not to fight what's happening, not to create a battle in my own mind, to actively surrender to what life is presenting, and then stand in the truth of who I am, to know that wherever I am, God is, and, and I cannot be afraid. Knowing that the light that is God is the light that shines through me. And if that is true, I cannot be afraid. Can you see how those three go together? If I'm so busy in my head muttering about what so-and-so did or what so-and-so said or why to do that or practicing what I'm going to tell them next time I see them, or if I am filling with rage over and over, over social injustice, a very righteous rage, but if I allow that to be my inner experience, then I am less effective when I step out to do the work of making things right. If I'm not surrendering, and if I am resisting, I cannot stand in my truth. My inner experience is too filled with tension and agitation and fear. So standing in truth comes from that place.
of knowing God's presence. It comes from surrendering to what is being given to me. And it comes from not allowing my mind to get corrupted by an inner battle. Jesus taught us that we are the light of the world in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He is quoted as saying, you are the light of the world. So this is, I believe, what he was talking about. That when we live fearlessly, we truly are the light of the world. When we live fearlessly, we create an inner space for the presence of God. God is always there no matter what we do, but whether or not we experience it, whether or not we stand in that truth, is depends on whether we allow ourselves to be filled with fear. So we let go of the resistance, we choose to surrender, we stand in the truth that we are one with that presence of God. We stand in the truth that God's light is shining through us in this very moment. And we fulfill the words that Jesus spoke. We become the light of the world. Or we live knowing that we are the light of the world. And we live fearlessly. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.